Hello and welcome to the Yeah! Woo! Woo! What the What Podcast. I am your host, Eric Creech. Oh no. Joining me today, now that he's finished overnighting parts from Japan, Kyle Whitley. Why did you bring the Buster in to record? Because the Buster kept me out of handcuffs. He didn't just run back to the fort. The Buster brought me back. That's right. The Buster is Bobby Perry. Woo! Jennifer, Bob. Re- representing you, from Beards and Boost, and just because we're awesome friends. Thank you. Thank you so for having we're, me. We're glad that you're here. <laughs> now that we've blown up everyone's eardrums, mm-hmm. um, 42 seconds in, or actually it'll be longer because the theme song goes on a little while too. Yep. So. Um, but we're excited to have you joining us in studio today. Um, we have half of you here on the Facebook Live, but you have to kind of lean into that. Um, He's going to be on the YouTube that we can it see. Is be whoa, on the YouTube. Whoa. See, Bob's getting the hang of this. Bumping yeah, tables. He knows. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why he's the buster. So, um, welcome, Bobby. Um, Kyle. Yes. How are we this week? I'm doing well. Cool. I've walked three miles every day so far. Good. Starting with Monday, I did. Good. And I'm drinking two to three liters of water. Why don't you just get a large farva? Because this is as large as I could probably carry around. Plus, much bigger, it wouldn't fit in the water fountain thing at work. So. True, true. Just grab the whole like the whole water thing. It's not one of those. It's oh. like an electric. It's hooked oh, it's into actually your, a water It's hooked fountain. into your water line. Oh. And so it filters take, it and take puts that, it in. Take that to your office, and that way you yeah. can get up as often. I have to have a much longer water line. Yes. Well, you can do it. You can do it. I haven't even hooked up our freezer, like or the icebox thing in our freezer that we've had since we got married. So... If I haven't run a water line for that, I'm probably not going to run a water line to my office. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I think that's very fair. Plus, that means a lot of other people would be in my office all day. Coronavirus can't do that. True. You you don't want that. How's that social distancing stuff going for y'all? Pretty good. Yeah, working from home, I have uh, no issue social distancing. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Me, Unless me, Nikki's home. Me neither. True. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think that's allowed from what I understand. Same household. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, how about you? Um, living. I you saw know. your you were was it six miles the other day? Five miles yesterday. Five? That's insane. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't know if it's insane, but that is my three miles is one mile three different times out of the day. Right. It's not even me just walking three whole miles. You mm-hmm. have me by you, three miles every day. I mean, you did it five miles. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, insane. I think, I think so. and it was only seventeen. Like walking seventeen, you know, that's probably what I could do with the three, but I couldn't do that continuously for five. It is what it is. Kevin's here though. He heard us talking about walking yeah, and multiple like, well, miles, and he's like, he's like, "Let me get in on this let conversation." Me get on show this up. I I literally have a treadmill sitting beside my work computer at home. I know and you sent me a picture it. to show me that you got the treadmill. How excited you were, and you haven't used it. No, we've been renovating, painting, and I finally got the room straightened out yesterday. So, just so you, didn't, if you didn't know, folks at home, we are part of a uh, weight loss competition currently. Yes, the three of us, uh, Erica. Nikki as well, Kevin, Kevin Strickland, uh, Kevin Strickland, and then uh, Jade and Jonathan Butler as well. Yes, and so we're working hard at this. It's whoever loses the most body fat percentage or weight percentage, weight percentage, not doing not body, body fat, fat. weight yeah, percentage. That's not going anywhere. So yeah, but yeah, well, body or like weight percentage at the end of the month. So I'm I'm excited for this. This yeah. gives me a reason to actually eat healthy. Me, I'm just excited to donate twenty dollars to somebody. I mean, that's how I feel about it. Like I I have a feeling somebody else is getting my money. I just am excited. To have other people to at least like hold me up. What does that say? Uh, that's Jonathan. He says uh, he's going to win the weight loss challenge. What up, Bob? 
Oh, what's up, Jonathan? I can see Jonathan winning just because he's hardcore like that. He's competitive. He very competitive. Where I feel like if he comes down to the last week and he hasn't lost enough weight yet, he's just going to start like punching himself in the stomach to throw up over and over and over mm, again. He would not eat the last week. No, he he'd go a whole week without eating. He'd be like walking, carrying his son. Or carrying, maybe he comes and gets the motor out of your car and just carries it around the block. Yeah, good luck with that, buddy. You I don't can, even need it. You can have my 20 bucks, 100%. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. I have a feeling he's taking my money. But cool. Well, we are excited to discuss the Fast and the Furious today with this episode. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, this is the little thing I mentioned to you earlier. This is the call to action. Okay. Uh, please, if you have not already, subscribe to this podcast. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. I mean, any major podcasting platform. We're on all of them at this point. Yep. Make sure, we're also on YouTube, by the way. Uh, those of you who are watching on YouTube know that already. Make sure to search for What the What Media. All one word. Oh, thank you. And Jump in, Bob. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's where Bob. you come in. Please rate and review us. We accept five-star reviews only. Also, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. And, of course, on Facebook and Instagram, also at What the What Media, all one word. If you like this episode or any of the other 46 episodes in our catalog, we're almost to the big 5-0, by the way. we got to do something special for that one. Well, we'll see. Um, we have another request. If you like this show, please share it uh, with at least one friend. Tag us on social media, and you'll get a shout-out the next time we record. On today's episode, we are today. discussing The Fast and the Furious. That's why I'm dressed like Vin Diesel. Um, you're laughing way too hard at that, like unironically laughing at that. <laughs> It's one of those things because if, if I didn't know it, I would just say you look like Eric. Well, but when you say you look, you're dressed as Vin Diesel, I see it. Fair like enough. so, it's yeah. not like I don't know. It's not even hard to imagine. Like, I'm I'm picturing Vin Diesel with your beard. So that's true. That's true. And that's I what see Eric at well, that point. <laughs> that's why they delayed the movie until like next year. Yeah, so, so they, they can, can put, grow a beard. So out. they can put me in there. That's right. Oh well, that too. I guess <laughs> yes. that's easier. That's much easier. Is it easier for Vin Diesel to grow a beard or for Eric just to fly out and be? Pretend to be Vin Diesel. Uh, I think it's easier for me to be, pretend to be Vin Diesel. You saw my impression earlier. It was spot on. Uh, today, uh, the Fast and the Furious, here's a huge spoiler warning for those of you who have not seen the Fast and Furious, which came out in 2001. Um, we will be going deep. Deep dive! See, Bob joined in there. He's getting the hang of this. While the Fast and Furious is our primary focus, we are possibly going to be discussing details from any of the other eight films in the Fast and Furious series. Now, I'd say eight because I'm including Hobbs and Shaw in that as well, but we probably won't be talking There's about no Hobbs and Shaw. But it's in there. So with that in mind, ask any podcaster, any real podcaster. It doesn't matter if you record in a second or an hour. Recording's recording. Let's get on to our basic information about this movie. The Fast and Furious came out in 2001. It is a crime action adventure film Directed by Rob Cohen. It follows Brian O'Connor, played by Paul Walker, who is an undercover cop tasked with discovering the identities of a group of unknown automobile hijackers led by Dominic Toretto, played by Vin Diesel. The development for The Fast and Furious arose after Rob Cohen read a Vibe magazine article in 1998 titled Racer X, which detailed the illegal street racing circuit operating within New York City. This movie was released in the United States on June 22, 2001. It was a commercial success, grossing over $200 million worldwide. 
It soon launched a media franchise and a series of seven sequels, starting with Too Fast, Too Furious, in 2003. Kyle, tell us what happened in this movie. I don't know. Uh, the, the way you, <laughs> I don't know. You caught me off guard there. I had something Did else in mind. you expect me to just... I had something else kind of like on my mind, and so whenever you were just like, tell us about the movie. Uh, Brian O'Connor, which you talked about, who pretends to be Brian Earl Spilner, at the beginning of the movie, infiltrates. He comes up to such the a serial race. killer name, by yes. the way. He shows up to a street race. Uh, he's ready to battle it out with the people there, with Vin Diesel and everybody else. And uh, he puts up the pink slip for his car. He loses the race. Somehow he becomes great friends with Vin Diesel and company. He gets arrested. We find out that he's actually a police officer undercover. Uh, from there. He continues to try to figure out what's going on. What's really happening here is cars are hijacking transfer trucks. Yes. And what they do is they shoot, uh, what would those guns be called? Harpoons. 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 They yes. shoot harpoons, harpoons. And tear out windows and climb through and steal like the truck and get all the DVD players and televisions, box-style televisions. Off me, the truck. Let me stop right there. I want to, want to address a question mm-hmm. in the, um, from the Facebook live chat. Steve Evans says, wouldn't Hobbs and Shaw make it nine? I thought Fast Nine was the next one. Um, I was saying we were discussing details from any of the other eight films. So this movie being one, then the other seven, plus Hobbs and Shaw ah. makes it the other eight. So, so that's how math that's works. That's how math works. So, so yeah. Anyway, so, uh, keep going. But uh, I remember I started working with a company. I still work there at Airflow, but we have truck drivers there. And I always thought, okay, sure, this is pretty unrealistic. But I was talking to some of them, like, whenever I first started working with them, and they were telling me all these stories of, per se, like, there was a truck where, like, they were pulling through neighborhoods, and this guy, I think he was close to New York or either Chicago or New York, and he was leaving. And he said, as you pull out, you're going to see a bunch of stop signs. When you see them, just keep going. Don't stop at them. And he's like, whatever, you know, he's pulling out. Well, as he's pulling out and going, He's starting to see these people kind of, as he gets close to the stop sign, they just come out of nowhere trying to, like, jump on him and get his stuff. So he just keeps going, and all of a sudden they start running after him. Like, they're all, like, he's trying to get attacked over here on the street. Um, they also talked about another company, or what didn't happen to him, and another fellow truck driver. But somebody literally driving down the highway jumped on the back of the truck from another car, opened the back up, and started throwing boxes out into these giant baskets attached to the front of the car behind them. What? Turns out wow. it was just like bubbles, I think, was all it was. It was like the bu- like kids' bubbles was what was in these boxes. So they didn't really like cash out a big cash out, I guess. But they stole bubbles off the back of this guy's truck moving down the highway. Uh, so then it continues happening. Uh, we've come to learn more about street racing. We learn more about the street racing scene, about cars. And beyond that, we finally figure out who's been stealing all the goods. It's not Johnny Tran. It's not. Someone knocked on him. And it was But it wasn't Vin Diesel. Diesel. He never knocked on nobody. No. <laughs> so, I mean, not once. My thought, let's... Some great alliteration there from Vin Diesel. Never knocked not. on nobody. You know, Multiple times. English uh, poetry professors would be very proud. <laughs> well, my, my big thought with this is it's more than just the movie at this point. Because honestly, if you go back and watch it and you've never watched it, it's pretty cheesy at some points. You may not like it. You may, you know, but for us, it's like a cult classic, for you know, and continues to be. It's one of the giant, you know, the biggest franchises in history. So my thought was kind of go with each other. Like, what was your first experience with, uh, we'll start with you, Eric. You know, when did you first see Fast and Furious? After the second one. Okay. I saw the second one first. Um, 
had a date. Uh, went to see that movie at the How. Had no idea what the movie was about. It was like, oh, cars, cool. Um, fell in love with that movie. I know it like it's probably not the best movie technically, um, but and it's terrible acting. But really, really fell in love. So had to go back and watch the first one, uh, which I did. My brother had it on DVD. It was already at the house, so he loved it. And um, you know, the car scene is not my scene, but there's something about these movies that just gives me this. I don't know. Really hard to explain. Um, all I know is every time I see one in the theaters, on the way home, whenever I hit 95, I feel like yes. <laughs> whether I'm driving Wanda the Honda, <laughs> Ellie the Elantra, or Mia the Kia. Do you remember the Kia? I, it wasn't the same in no. the Kia, but um, <laughs> but um, you know, I just I feel like I'm in that movie, and it's like, oh, I probably should slow down. Mm-hmm. It's you know, I, I can't outrun anybody on this. But That's <laughs> tradition, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you leave. That theater, and you were able to drive at that point. Mm-hmm. You sped out of it. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Burnouts when you're leaving. You did like. I mean, everybody. You can still go to these movies, and it still happens now. I had a '97 Dodge Stratus, and I yeah. was peeling out. Just... I remember that. <laughs> so what? How about you, Bob? When's the first time that you saw this? Because how much? Because how old are you now? I'm 30, about to be 31 in a couple 30. weeks. Okay, so you're not that much younger than me. For some reason, I, I was thinking you were a lot younger than me. Like, I was 12 when Fast and Furious came out, and I never saw it. I saw it on VHS, so it had already been out oh, for wow. a while. But I'm in the same boat. I think I saw Fast and Furious 2, and then I realized, hey, this is part of a series. Like, let me uh, you go back You don't start with two Fast, two Furious. I mean, I it's, one, it's one Fast, one Furious first. I feel like I remember seeing it on TV, and then mm-hmm. like, what is this? And then when it said two Fast, two Furious, got to looking, there was a first one. Had to watch it, and then just waited and waited for years for more to come out. I'm confused though, because that's got to be so confusing for both of you mm-hmm. to tune in and be like, "Where's Ty reset? What's going on with him?" <laughs> it's like, "Wait, Ja Rule's here? What's he doing? Who's this bald guy?" Monica. <laughs> You're like, "Why do they keep focusing on this bald guy so much? Why's you know why's, yeah. what's he here? You ask any Diesel, racer, why's any he? real racer? Doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you're in the first movie or the second movie. Winning's winning, <laughs> evidently." <laughs> Uh, for me, I remember I went and saw it because it came out when I was in eighth grade. So I couldn't drive yet. So I didn't see it where I could drive. I saw it at the Howe Theater, and I was on a date with Ashley Woodall. And so, honestly, at that point, I wasn't really in the cars. Like, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was a kid that played with, like, Hot Wheels growing up. Like, I had some, but I wasn't, like, hardcore. I was the kid that had action figures. I didn't have a bunch of little car toys playing with them. Uh, so I didn't have that, but... Honestly, I was more, especially being an eighth grader, so what, I was like 14, somewhere in there, 13, 14. I was much more concerned about girls than I was about cars. So I really don't remember anything about that movie. Um, but it wasn't until high school, Will Howard had it. And I don't know if he, his was VHS or DVD. I think it was DVD. I had it. I have it on VHS, um, but I do now anyway. I didn't then. I remember being in high school, though, and I could drive at that point. And I remember Will having it, and we started watching it one time. And next thing you know, we're watching that every weekend. Like, that's our thing. We're, like, re-watching this movie. Like, play that movie again with those cool cars. You'd watch the movie, and then you'd go play, like, Midnight Club or Need for Speed oh, or whatever. Yes. And so, you, you know, you're planning out what your car would be or what you would do. And, I mean, and I had a Camaro in high school, um, so I definitely wasn't, like, in the tuner scene. And I remember, like, once I got into cars, I knew I wanted to modify them. As soon as I got a Camaro... I was like, I want black stripes on it. I want, and I want the or like good looking ones, not some cheesy like AutoZone ones. And like, I didn't know a ton more about stuff, but like I had this whole, you know, from Fast and Furious. So I was like, I want this lip kit on here, and I want these wheels, and 
blah, blah, blah. And I didn't do any of that. Um, but I remember one day I was looking uh, at cars and it was, I remember if it was Danny Hennett's class or whose class it was, it was in computer class. So, and Wesley Brantley was sitting beside me and he saw me looking at all these other type of cars. I was looking at Civics and Eclipses and everything else. And I was like, man, I'd love to have one of these one day. Like, but I, you know, I got this other car. I can't do that. That afternoon, we're leaving school and Brandon Price is driving in front of me and he had like a Grand Am. Um, I think he like worked on his cars. He if, more so custom as the year came. But I remember he slammed on brakes. I slammed on brakes. Wesley was behind me and slammed in brakes and hit me, which squashed me between both cars and twisted my frame. Totaled up. You could read my license plate off of his hood. And I remember getting out of the car and Wesley coming up and saying, well, Kyle, I guess you can get one of those new cars now. <laughs> and so it all worked out and uh, I got a Civic. And then from there, like the rest is history. Uh, I feel like, too, we've lost this a lot in the newer movies. If you started with this when you were younger, but the cars were characters themselves. Right. I would say at least through yep. the first three movies, there's Two Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. The cars are nearly just as important for some people like as the actors are, uh, just because of the roles they play. As it gets going in further movies, it just became more of a heist-type movie, an action movie where they had some cool cars, but there was no like deep impact like relationship with this. It's just random cars. It's like... They showed up, and they've got expensive cars now. And where did this car come from? Like, the last one, or Furious 7, or whatever it was, that one, there's so many random scenes. It's like, okay, 25 minutes is gone. We've got a whole new group of cars now. Nobody knows where they came from. We just got them now. Um, but for me, that was a big thing for me. We talked about playing the video game. So Eric had written down possibly us talking next about the cars. Uh, so I want to kind of discuss that a little bit. Uh, Craig Lieberman... Is a he was a technical advisor for the movie for at least the first one or two, I think even possibly the third one. Uh, but he was heavily involved with it. They started looking for cars. He actually owned the Supra that Brian O'Connor slash Paul Walker starts is driving at the end of the movie. That's orange and everything else. Uh, it was yellow and he owned it and everything else. But the way this movie worked is they decided to do it, but then they decided they didn't have enough time to build cars from stock like they didn't have enough time to invest in something so what they did was like casting calls in california where they started going to different car shows and checking out cars and then from that they kind of contact some other people were like okay bring we're going to have 200 or more cars at universal studios in california now pull in and we're going to kind of go through and cast which cars we want in this movie so the super was one of the first ones and that guy craig lieberman uh he was also very involved in like tuner drag racing and official circuit at that time um, and just heavily involved in all that. He was in SEMA and all the shows and stuff. He had a lot of contacts with stuff. He had always built a lot of cars. Uh, and if you want to know more about that, he actually has a YouTube page uh, or channel that he literally just goes behind. And he, I watched multiple ones today. But he's just telling you about all this information about cars because as a technical advisor, he was there for a lot of it. He was there to answer a lot of questions because a lot of people making the movie didn't have a clue about what the cars were or this car scene was or anything. And so he was there to help explain a lot. Um, but what they did was instead of building from ground up, they rented these cars from the owners. So they rented his car from him. They found the guy with an Eclipse they liked. They rented it from him. Um, it was silver. but So they ended up changing some things on it. But for the most part, they took these cars. They may have changed the paint on them, done a little bit here or there. But for the most part, they just took that car as it was and then had four to five or six or more other cars that they built to match that one. Um, and if you don't understand that, when they make car movies like this, they have the one car that's the hero car, 
which is the absolute nicest one, show quality car, everything. They've Runs got another grass. one that's pretty close to it. And then there's multiple stunt versions. So they've got like run really nice one that's perfect that they are baby it, don't make sure anything happens to it. Then when they come to the other cars, you know, things happen with those and, you know, they can get tore apart and fixed back up, in, you know, an hour or two and put right back in the movie. Um, so they do that for every car that you see for the most part. There's multiples of those cars. Uh, but I don't know, for me, like, same way, like, well, Bob, you know, what, what, what grabbed you or Eric? Well, hang on real quick. Uh, I, I want to address a couple of comments from Facebook. Sure, yeah. um, I know, um, let's see, because I can't read it from here, but I know the last one that says, hey, Friends, who's that cutie in the corner? Let me get his number. That's from Nikki Perry. <laughs> Nikki, my name's Eric. Um, I will private oh, wait, message you later. Oh, wait, you're talking about this guy. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry, my bad. Um, and then uh, we had another question. I'm going to try to pull it up real quick, too. Sure. Um, uh, all right. A um, couple questions. Uh, Jonathan said the Ford Lightning that Brian drives was the best vehicle in the first one. Uh, he said he almost cried when he hit the curb. Just want to throw that out there. Um, I believe this is Bruce Jernigan. Brutus Maximus Jernigan. Yes, Bruce Jernigan. Why didn't they ever stop for gas in the Fast and Furious movies? You know what? You're, yeah. I don't have an explanation. We don't have an explanation. So. Um, anyway, what was the question? Well, just wanted to see, like, because you started talking this earlier, like, the cars that stood out. Like, how did it affect you? Like, what, what did it do? So, let's see. For me, I started off with that 97 Dodge Stratus. And after I sold it, I've got, I actually bought a first gen Eclipse. Lean into your mic just a oh. tad more. We'll make sure we get you good on there. Yeah, actually, I had bought a first gen Eclipse that supposedly had like a bad head gasket. And I thought after watching the movies, sure, I could fix anything. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, but it ended up at the house, took apart, never got put back together. So, got rid of it and moved on to the MX6, which was probably the first car I ever. Spent money on to modify. Bought a body kit from Duraflex. Mm-hmm. Um, bought wheels Duraflex, and tires. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. You had wheels on it. I do remember that. It was the first manual car I ever owned. Nice. So That's a funny story because the same way the Civic that I got was a manual. And knowing like the Fast and the Furious, Will Howard, like I've mentioned, watched it at his house all the time. His mom had a, um, a Contour, a Ford Contour. And I want to say it was SVT miles. So actually, his Contour goes pretty nice. But it was a stick shift. So she helped me or allowed me to drive her car up and down like the road in front of her house so Will could teach me how to drive a stick shift. Um, I remember the day that I got my Civic. I had to take SATs that morning, and I got the Civic that afternoon. And it was in my driveway when I got home, and I couldn't drive a stick great either. I remember because we got it from South Carolina. I remember going to South Carolina with my parents trying to drive them around the block and stalling multiple times. And my dad was like frustrated. He was like, are I you sure every, this is what you want? You can't even drive it. And I I'm think like, every dad gets frustrated with yeah. trying to teach Well, like, to... my family, like, we didn't have stick shift cars. My dad was never in the cars. My mom wasn't in the cars. So, like, for me, this was new territory for them, too, because they're like, why are you going to spend money on something that's already good? Like, leave it alone. And I was like, no, like, that, you're missing the point. And then, so finally, like, Will came over that day. He helped me drive it in the driveway, and he said, okay, I think you're ready to leave the driveway. And so we took off. And so it was just a learning experience. Um, and then... The same way, if you love, if that's your type of thing, it's something that's hard to give up because the same way I went for a couple of years, you know, the past few years where I didn't have one and I just, you miss it. You miss yeah. being able to change the gears. You miss driving at night down these dirt, you know, just country roads 
just going through gears. Like it's something about it. Doesn't even matter like what type of car it is. It's just something that enjoyment out of it for me. Um, so finally, I have something else now. But um, but you said you know you like the Eclipse. I know you mentioned that earlier about how you really wanted to always have Eclipse because of that. I've always wanted, yeah, a factory turbo Eclipse. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I, I think they're, I don't, they're one of the most gorgeous cars. I was always brand, uh, jealous of Brandon, mm-hmm. even though his won a turbo. It still looked. It nice, still though. looked really nice. You could do a lot with them, and luckily. My wife loves that car too. So one day in the future, maybe I'll I have one. I think that's what you should buy her. You've got a yes. Mazda right now, a Mazda Speed Three that's got a blown motor, which is fine. We're going to fix that, but that should be her car. I could teach her how to drive a straight drive. I think mm-hmm. so. So I think um, you should do that. So I had speaking of Civics, mm-hmm. I had a Civic as well. You did. I had an Egg, is what they call it. It's mm-hmm. a O three SI, mm-hmm. and it did not have a catalytic converter. Um, or it was the loudest. Well, Bob, resonator, no resonator. Bob works at the car auction that's close to us, and so he would always like if I'm getting my tires changed, he would come take my car and take it to the auction, get the tires changed for me, and I would drive his car for the day. Nice. And I remember driving the Civic that time that he let me borrow it. And there's part of it that I loved it because it's like, man, I miss driving something like this. But at the same time, it was the loudest car I've ever driven of like of anything. And I just remember like changing the gears super short so I wouldn't be super loud the whole way. And like that morning of, he's like, "Be careful! Like when you get into town, you try to turn the air conditioner on. Something rattles real bad on there. I don't know what. It'll be fine. Just roll your windows down. You won't notice it or whatever." <laughs> and so I'm right there at Selma Elementary School, and I just, it starts rattling to death. So I just turn the AC off and kind of like rev a little bit to try to distract everybody else from that. But I don't know. I think that's part of it. Um, and for us, you know. I never got into sports huge. Like I did, I, I like sports, and I grew yeah. up liking sports. Like football is not my thing. We've talked about that on the podcast. Eric's, you know, big in the sports. He could, he, you know, statistics wise, he could tell you everything in the world about it. Um, and so it's awesome for that. But the same way, that's kind of the mindset I see cars for me, where it's like I can tell you all these things about cars. I've just, you know, I used to before the internet got the way it was. I would buy magazine after magazine after magazine, and I was, I still have like. I finally gave away a lot or just like donated or threw away a good amount because I had multiple bins just full of magazines and they're stupid heavy because it's all paper magazines. Um, I still have some like in the attic at my house, but uh, for me, that was my thing. I digested all that. It's like learned about all these parts, like, you know, and I had a Civic that I fixed up, you know, the one we talked about, I turned it into a show car right after, you know, Fast and Furious. I remember my first car show was 2006 in Selma, North Carolina, and there was hundreds of cars there. The crazy thing is Jonathan, that's part of Beards and Boosts as well, he pulled through that parking lot. Um, I think you need to hit the timer over there, Bob, or hit the red button again. Sorry, folks, our camera. There we go. Uh, but Jonathan rolled through that parking lot that day. What? I didn't know him. I just remember there being the silver 300 on airbags with big wheels and custom paint just come strolling through, like slammed to the ground. And I was so sh- like, what the heck? Like, who's that? I didn't know. And it turns out I worked with his mom for years. And then his mom one day was like, yeah, I don't like driving my son's car. He's got it on these airbag things. And I'm like, wait, your son has like airbags on his car? And she's like, well, yeah, let me pull up this picture on the super <laughs> old like flip phone. And turns out it was Jonathan. And then he ends up dating, you know, a friend and they get married. And here we are doing this thing now. But um, wow. it's crazy how the world works. But I don't know. For me, the cars just stand out so much. Um they are the main reason I watched the movie. I didn't, you know, acting-wise wasn't a big thing for me. A lot of people now go back and comment about how, like, the acting wasn't great, and it's 
you know, dumb and other things yeah, like that. It only has like a fifty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really really weird. It's like, come on, do a better job, Internet. Come on. <laughs> well, it is, and it's this weird thing too that for if you were to go see it, and from you know at a different time frame, and you go back and see, even you guys saw Two Fast Furious first, but. That was something that wasn't known in the world at the time. Now you've got street outlaws and other things on TV. You've had Pimp My Ride and all sorts of things throughout the years since this, you know, that you're used to seeing cars and seeing things like that. But you go back and there's so many things that don't make sense that happen in the movie and don't, you know, get said. But it's just for the people that kind of were around it or, uh, you know, watched it at the time, it hits you different than people if you were just to come watch it now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I never had seen it before. Right. Uh, for us too, I will say that because of this, I learned that you know the whole family aspect of it, and I know there's so many memes about it now and makes fun of it where Vin Diesel's you know you say family and he's in no matter what. Salute me, yeah. familia. Yes, it's all these family <laughs> yes. things, and I get it, but it re- it's true because I remember joining a car club and I remember you know being that team type environment where. People I wouldn't have known otherwise. You know, I remember going to Golden Corral and us meeting in a back corner, and it was kind of like reserved for us because people knew us there. Um, and then just throughout time, even starting our own car club, and that's why I more so met Bob through that yep. later on. Um, and it's one of those things that it became, it didn't matter how nice your car was or it wasn't, it was all about the passion that you had about something that you loved doing. And then just having that relationship because of it. And because of that, you know, your common bond, then you grew even further in that and started to be a part of each other's lives that you were, there's tons of people that I'm friends with now that I wouldn't have known otherwise. Uh, I remember when I first started dating Erica, she made the comment she didn't know about this whole car club thing because car clubs from where she was from were just very cocky, jerky dudes. Uh, that like She had that impression of that's how all of them are. Uh, but even now, like she's kind of pretty much at her own, you know, it's not necessarily a club, but like a group now with that, like with her Jeep and stuff. Uh, so I don't know. For me, it's it hits home. Uh, going back and watching this stuff now, it hits home. Like, cause I went and Erica's birthday was last week. She said she for last weekend she just wanted to do a Fast and Furious marathon, nice. which is amazing. Nice. So we did that. I did not argue with that. Um, and just seeing these moments, it hits you because it reminds you of people. You know, there's people we've lost in accidents and other things since then. Um, I don't know. It's kind of cool seeing it all come back around. Uh, Bob's got a new car. I'm working on cars again. Another friend who's not touched his car. Well, he's worked on it for five years now. Is finally back on the road with it. Like I was so happy to see Robert yeah. in that 350Z. Like right. things are coming back around now for us. You know, we're all of a sudden we're kind of a little bit older, a little wiser. You know, we're not as dumb with just throwing money at things, but at the same time we're you know more responsible. But just having that same bond that brings you right back together. Uh, but I, you know, I won't stick you on the cars the whole time. I will say one thing about the the cars. You you talked about the Eclipse. Bob and I have actually seen and stood by and had our picture with the real Eclipse from the movie. Yes. Okay, that's cool. Uh, there's a museum in Gatlinburg, Tennessee called Hollywood Star Cars. And I feel like over the past 10 years, they've more so just been like, we'll just turn half this museum into Fast and Furious Museum. Because obviously, it's right up their alley. It's mm-hmm. car movies that put out movie, you know, about cars. And so they turn around and buy a car from the movie. Uh, but the original one, you know, the first time I saw it, it didn't look quite right. It had some other things on it that weren't you didn't see in the movie. Mm-hmm. Turns out there's all these backstories because the same way I said before, it was rented, you know, by the owner. He got his car back and he just, he got money to restore it back to how he had it. But instead, he just kept it how it was and he ended up, you know, putting some other parts he had previously back on it. But um, that's his car sitting up there. It used to be right at the bottom, out the front. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we had our picture done at. Now, last time I went. 
it's upstairs. They even have like these giant banners and stuff. Like it's all this other stuff now. Um, but Dom's charger is up there as well. Uh, it's not from the first one. I think it's from like the fifth one or whatever. You know, where he's had multiple chargers. Uh, but a lot of the GTR that Paul Walker drove in the very last movie he was in is down in the front. My wife and I got our picture taken in it. We like spent the extra money to sit in the car and have our picture taken. Like that's framed at home to know that like the mass, the last movie that Paul Walker or last car he drove in a movie that he was alive for is the one you sat in and had your picture taken with. Like it's the thing for me, like for other people, you'd be like, you had no clue who the guy was. You never met him. But it's like without him, without this movie, I wouldn't have the friends that I do today. Like, my life would be very different if, without this movie today. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, I could talk forever about the cars, and I could bore a bunch of people with that. So we'll move forward. Uh, yeah. What so, you, you think from there? Well, Kyle, yes. this, this next part, uh-huh. this is about our best scenes. Mm. Bobby is going to be running three Honda Civics <laughs> with spoon engines. And on top of that, he just came into Ricky's, and he ordered three T66 turbos with NOS. And a Motec system exhaust. What do you've got for our best scenes? I just wish I would have known a long time ago that Ricky sold parts. Because yeah. yeah. it'd be awesome. I've worked in his shop, but I've, I never knew he sold parts. They're all for sale. Every part in there is for sale. So. Um, for me, uh, well, let's go somewhere else. Bob or Eric, y'all start. I've been talking forever. Bob, what's your, what's, your, what's your best scene in this movie? Whether you win by an inch or you win by a mile. Winning's winning's winning winning. That was my go-to quote every time. I um one of my favorite scenes is that first race between um, Paul and Vin or uh, Dom and and uh, Brian, um, just as an introduction to what street racing looks like. You get your great Ja Rule cameo there with the No Monica. Monica! You, you know you get the whole scene beforehand. You know, Hector shows up. He's like, Yeah, I got a last name too, but I can't pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just um, kind of learning the ins and outs. It's a great. Um, you've already met Brian. You've already met Dom at that point. But then you get to see them where their element actually is, and um, so for me, that's my favorite scene in the movie. I just love the fact that his floorboard disappears. Yes, <laughs> mid. I'll, I'll talk about it in just a sec. Like <laughs> that was honestly probably my favorite too is the racing scene because that's my first introduction. The same way you were talking about search introduction for a lot of people. Um, I know there's people in the car scene that kind of got annoyed with like all the people from Fast and Furious that all of a sudden now were in the cars that weren't before. They're kind of like stepping into their world or whatever. But for me, that's exactly what it did. Fast and Furious got me into cars. I didn't realize that people went out and raced and did these things. I didn't realize, you know, neon lights and body kits and all this stuff that you saw. Uh, but for me, seeing that race, that's the thing I'd see at Will's house and be like, let's rewind that, watch that again. Let's let's watch this race part one more time. Um, there's other parts that I love the Supra then. I love the fact of them building the Supra because that gives you that vibe. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, all those scenes, the car type scenes, the scenes that you don't see in movies anymore and any of the movies that they do, you don't see the street racing side of things. You don't see um, that anymore. I was listening to, I think it was Rewatchables podcast. You recommended I was listening to that. Yes. And they were talking about going forward, they need to revert back to that because they can't get it so big and it doesn't need to Are they going to space? (laughs) And that's what it says. There are no roads in space. (laughs) They said they don't need to go to space. He said, so, you know, at this point, you have old man Dom, who's just like a grandpa at that point. That's like settled down, and he's not doing as much racing. Somebody also talked about him being um, doing a prequel to show Dom in prison, 
and he'd be out there in the yards running like foot races, <laughs> like to see how that would go. Um, <laughs> you could see him putting together like the weightlifting equipment, and he ends up building his own car inside the prison. Yes, <laughs> I could see that. Like, what, what kind of wheels you running? I'm running the the, uh, the 25 pound weights here. That's <laughs> my wheels here. <laughs> um, we got some comments going on there. Can't quite see them. We'll uh, get to them. But for me, that's the best. For the worst scenes, I don't have a scene. For me, that's the worst. I just have things that definitely don't hold up. Like, right. Well, this is not necessarily what's the worst scene. What sure. is age the worst? For, for me, right now, mm-hmm. um, when Dom says you can have any brew you want as long as it's a Corona, that has aged terribly in the, yes. in, in in the last we, couple of months. In the last couple of months. That does not age well at all now. Mm-hmm. Um, not go over well today. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what is age the worst for you then? For me, I wrote... I just did a lot of lines. Okay. I wrote lines from the movie down that just show, like, first off, that they never made sense. But being young and, like, watching, you didn't know that didn't make sense. Right. Um, one of the, I realized this after watching all the movies this weekend, that it started off where the most unrealistic thing you would see in Fast and Furious is the fact they changed gears, like, a billion times. All the times. They all just the kept times. going. We're in 20th. Fifth gear here. <laughs> but somehow that was the most unrealistic thing to all of a sudden now they're driving cars through the front end of planes and running through, you know, a runway that's like a billion miles long and like all the unreal, like dropping cars out of airplanes, like things that are so unrealistic there compared to what they used to be, you know, just changing gears. Um, Brian, you mentioned it earlier, Bob. Danger to manifold. He's riding yes. in his car, he's getting staged up to, you know, kicking the nitrous in. The computer that's in his the side chair tells him danger to manifold, and what happens? <laughs> the whole floorboard blows out. It just falls out. <laughs> and me as a kid, like watching that as a middle schooler, was like, "Man, that car's fast." Yeah, it lost the floorboard of his car. That <laughs> manifold, and I like, mean, that, that's how fast that car went. Yes, and I this that's the thing for me is I didn't know car terms then, so danger to manifold was like. I don't even. I, I guess that means the thing that holds the floorboard in. Like I don't. I don't know. Turns out manifold has nothing to do with that except with the front of the car. Like, but for that to happen, uh, and same way it goes back. Greg Lieberman. A bunch of people come to him now because he's kind of the end all knowledgeable person, and they bring it to him, and he's like, "I didn't write the script." Like I told him, they literally asked, and he gave like a list of hundreds of like car terms. And then they just threw them in however they want. They're like, oh, oh yes. manifold would be a good word here. You're going to love what I do with our next segue. So. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> I definitely take a bunch of car terms and I replace them with audio terms. For it's them. okay, though. <laughs> but, like, the same scene, though, I remember that falling out. And then the cops are chasing Dom. Brian pulls up and pulls over. Dom hops in. And they just take off. He's Flintstoning it at this point. That's my thought. It's like, is the floorboard <laughs> just yeah, still Like, is Dom like, like... You jump in the car and you fall to the ground. <laughs> is Dom like hovering right now or is he literally Flintstoning it, pushing it down the road? And the same way, like two minutes before, Brian loses the race because Danger to Manifold has got smoke barreling yep. out from underneath his yes. hood. Two minutes later, he's driving all over town. Well. Johnny Train's going to pick him up and stop yep. him over. There goes that 10-second car. So. <laughs> um, another thing is nitrous oxide is often used uh, by the drivers on Fast and Furious to boost their engines, you know, use NOS. First off, it doesn't affect it the way it looks like it would. You don't all of a sudden go no, you get a, like... No, I, I've seen this happen. You press the button and, and it's boom, turbo time. you go 0 to 500 in like a second. I, mean, I just want to know if I ever add nitrous to any of my cars, I want like a little thing when I hit the button... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or maybe, like, maybe have it on your steering wheel. Yeah. Yes. I want to hit it and have another one that I hit that Arnold Schwarzenegger is just like, it's turbo time whenever I hit it <laughs> to take off with it. Uh, 
but no, like that's in the movie a bunch. I have that. There's multiple. It's happened once in this movie, and it's been seen in other movies where all of a sudden the car gets shot up. Johnny Tran and his cousin Lance with the leather pants steps up. They blow the car up. They shoot it up. You know, Dom looks at Brian. No! They take off running. <laughs> it explodes. Blows the whole car up. Turns out that doesn't happen. Nitrous ox, you know, they oxide. Just leave, they just leave it there too. Yeah, nitrous oxide doesn't blow things up like that. Uh, it turns out it's just forced oxygen more into the motor. Smell a little bit about it, but it's same things. If you saw, if if you add it to a fire, there'll be more fire, but it's not going to explode in the way that it does. Uh, let's see. Even the, in, the, in the line we just talked about, I mean, how Hector's going to pick up a Motec exhaust system. Turns out they spoon just, engines as well. Yeah, spoon engines is actually a thing. Spoon, yep. and I didn't know that until later. Spoon engines is a is spoon is a company in Japan that makes these with NOS super highly fine modified Hondas, um, but. Motec made like computer programming and tuning. They didn't make an exhaust system, but I it, actually Googled it last night yeah. trying to find a Motec exhaust mm-hmm. for my Mazda Speed. Didn't come <laughs> See, back with any results. Did happen. not come back with any results. It's a fun thing though, too, though, because you watch this movie and you loved it and you're like, man, this is so great. And I remember Brandon who had an eclipse. We were at Will's house and Brandon's like, I'm going up to this shop in Raleigh tomorrow. Like, you know, and they saw all these car parts. I was like, oh, what are you doing that for? He's like, I just want to see it. Like I've, you know, I've never seen anything beyond the movie. It was called AutoZone. No, <laughs> it wasn't. It was uh, get in the zone, AutoZone. <laughs> that made that millions would be hilarious from this movie. Um, but he, I think it was Phantasm from back in the day. And I remember him going, and he was like, "I'm going to ask him about an exhaust for my car." He's like, "But I don't know what to ask for. I don't know any name brands." I was like, "Just tell him you want it to sound like the Eclipse from Fast and Furious." And for me, like I, being at that age, you just thought that that was right. Versus, you can imagine Brandon rolling up to a, a, you know people that work on cars, you know, highly modified cars all the time, and he's like, "I want my car to sound like Fast and the Furious." They're probably like, "Just leave, leave yeah. now." You're um, embarrassing yourself. Stop. And turns out the same way, I always wanted to know, like, man, that sounds so cool. Even like Jonathan got a blow off valve on his turbo ST now, where it's like, whenever he lets off. There's something about it now. You want it because yeah. you heard it in these movies a billion times. You're like, I want to hear that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns out a lot of the cars. I think the Eclipse was a combined, it's like a CRX turbo and an Acura Integra. That's the exhaust noises that they use. Same way for some of the other ones he talked about. They mixed in animal noises and multiple other samples from cars <laughs> to get the final sounds that you got in this movie. That's insane. Um, same way, uh, I'll finish it up real quick with that. Final race when you have Dom in the Charger and uh, Brian in the Super at the stoplight. And, you know, when it turns green, they're going for it. Well, they take off, first off, Dom's car launches this, a giant wheelie. At the same time, his tires are smoking. <laughs> Turns out it doesn't work that way. No, that's not The science. only way that it's going to lift up the front of the car is if he's gripping the ground so hard that it lifts the front of the car up. So he's not spinning tires and going at the same time. Um, the same time he's driving down the road, all of a sudden you hear this clink noise, looks down, it blows a rod straight through the block. And instead of it doing like Bob's car and locking up and just dying, he says, nah. I got another gear. He changes the gear and keeps going and almost wins the race with a, a giant hole in his block. At this Seven point. other pistons right there. Yep. <laughs> so either way, um, stuff like that, it's for us now, I think it's just something funny to look back on. Uh, there's so many lines in this movie that you can just quote nonstop. Uh, I, I never, even when I went over to help you look at your car that one time, you were talking about popping the hood. You're just like, pop the hood, pop the hood, pop the hood. <laughs> like, just it's so quotable. You want me to like, find out the hard way, huh? Yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. There's so many things about that, and there's so much stuff that doesn't make sense, but I still love it. But um, 
Cool. I don't need, Bob, you got anything else? Eric, I know. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite like things of all time, so I, I get excited. I think what I loved most about the movie with the cars is there was different makes mm-hmm. across the way. Volkswagen, mm-hmm. you know, Toyota, Mitsubishi, Dodge, Nissan. Well, like, you've always been Ford. a Mazda. You've been a Mazda guy. For I have. As long as I've known you for the most part. I remember this movie. I didn't know what Dom's car was. The RX-7 that he's driving in that first street race. I didn't know anybody that had an RX-7. I didn't. You didn't hear about them, at least not in you know in general public a lot. I didn't know that they were these awesome cars. I remember Brandon Evans was the same way. He was like, I don't know what that car is driving. Do you know what it is? And at the time, my dad was driving a Ford Taurus, and he's like, well, the taillights kind of look the same. I think it may be driving a Ford Taurus. I figured it out. I'm like, no, he's got two doors. It couldn't be a Ford Taurus. Turns out it's like this amazing car, and we're comparing it to a Ford Taurus. But that's all we can think about. Um, I don't know, just not knowing things. Like, yeah, right. And like you said, we didn't have the internet that we no. have today. So there was no Wikipedia. A lot of it was hoping we had encyclopedias. Yes, <laughs> it was a lot of hoping that it was in a magazine somewhere. Yeah. You're talking about RX-7 from Fast and Furious, and and y'all over here talking RX-7. I'm just right. I would my head. still <laughs> love to have one. I'm, I probably would, I probably would too, but I don't know what I would have. So. Their motors scare me. So I, I would put an LS in it. Oh well, God have the world hating them. Yep. <laughs> Either way, I man, Eric, I almost had you. <laughs> you almost had me. <laughs> yeah. You never had me. You never had your podcast. <laughs> Granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. You're lucky that hundred shot of Nos didn't blow the speakers on the intake. <laughs> What? <laughs> you, you almost had me. Now, me and the mad scientist got to rip apart the block and replace the microphones you fried. <laughs> In every episode where we review a movie or a TV show, we will discuss our favorite fun facts. These are our favorite six insights and observations from The Fast and the Furious. Kyle, you go first. First off, I just love that Bob has graduated from the buster to the mad scientist. Yes. He's, he's, he's continually getting whoo, better by the time. He is uh, in dual roles here because there's only three of us. So yes. He's going to be the buster and also Jesse. Yes. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I don't want that. <laughs> Bob, if you have any random facts, you let us know too. Okay. Keep thinking. Um, my first one I have is they use real street racers for most of the race scenes. So that first thing that we were talking about earlier when there's a billion cars there lining the streets, it literally was an open invitational. Like, you have a modified car. It's a lot easier to pay them just come be an extra versus building extra cars. So a lot of those people that showed up, I forgot about Race Wars. This is another amazing racing it's scene. Terrible name, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, it reminds me of so many car shows we've been to. Where, you know, we didn't necessarily have the drag racing. I've been to a couple that did. But a lot of mm-hmm. it was just amazing, you know, thousands of people, and it's super hot most of the time, but you, you still have so much fun with it. Uh, the same way at that event, they had over 1,500 cars that were just extra people that brought their own cars and over 1,000 extras on top of that, all just hanging out for the day. Um, and I think it was filmed at like one of the airports in California or whatever. But I don't know. That's just It's a dream job for me. I would love to just drive my car and just go hang out you know, nice. and watch racing. How about you? Number two? Number two. All right. The filmmakers of The Fast and Furious pitched the movie as West Side Story with cars instead of singing. And also incorporated themes and situations found in movies like the surfing action classic Point Break and the undercover crime drama Donnie Brasco. Director Rob Cohen modeled the film's third act chases through the Los Angeles hills on similar San Francisco set scenes in the 1968 car chase classic Bullet starring Steve McQueen. 
Cohen loved the movie so much that he cast actor Paul Walker because he thought he resembled Bullet's lead actor. And another fun fact kind of in, um, in conjunction with this uh, comparison with Point Break, eagle-eyed fans of this movie and of Point Break will notice that Dom and Brian visit a restaurant called Neptune's Net about midway through the movie. The real-life restaurant located along Malibu's Pacific Coast Highway is the same restaurant where Lori Petty's character Tyler works in Point Break. Number three. Number three. Uh, something cool that you get to see if you have like DVDs with the extras and stuff is the driving school that the actors go to, uh, where they go and learn how to drive these professional cars. Because obviously it's a movie. They're not going to be driving as crazy as what you see in the movie. But at the same time, they want actors to be in the cars when they can to do simple things, you know, and it be natural to them. Um, so they did that. I know... Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez didn't even have driver's license whenever they showed up to do this. Um, but beyond that, they made this thing for this movie called a Mick Rig. They never had it before in car movies and other things, but the best way they could put an actor in a scene where they're going 80 to 100 miles an hour, at least look like they are, was they had this giant like truck, um, technically it was a truck or like a van front end, with this giant, like almost like a trailer type thing extended behind it, and they would take the body they chop up a body of one of the cars, put it on that, and then they would put, you know, obviously strap it in and everything else. But then the actor would be in that. So when they're filming these scenes where they're on the streets, they really are on the streets. It's not a bunch of green screen work where they're just adding in a bunch of stuff. Now, obviously, there's some of that there. But for the most part, they're right there with a the camera on it. They're going down a highway. Now, they're not driving, but it looks like it. Um, the same way that they were built, that they were able to, like, slide these things around so it looks like the car is actually sliding around everything else. Um, but before that, they didn't have that. So for this movie, and it's been moved in, used in movies since then, they created their own thing to figure out how to get these cars the most realistic in there without having that director actually like going nuts inside of one of them. Mm-hmm. Number four. There we go. <laughs> Throughout filming, the movie had the working title Redline, which in racing refers to the maximum rate of speed a car can go. Before the filmmakers settled on calling it The Fast and the Furious. One problem with that. That title was owned by B-movie director Roger Corman, who produced a racing movie of the same name in 1955. So instead of having the filmmakers pay for the rights to the name, Corman traded the movie title for some stock footage owned by Universal Studios. It's a good trade, I would think. I, I, think, I think it worked out pretty well for Universal. I think so. Number five. Uh, the Volkswagen Jetta that Jesse drives in the movie that we all see ended up being, and this is one of the first facts I ever knew about this movie, was... Uh, Frankie Muniz bought that car. Oh, nice. So oh. Malcolm in the Middle himself and all the other things he did, uh, he bought that car and owned it for a long time. He actually got into like car racing and everything else. I think he sold it at auction a couple years back now for like hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'm sure. But like, but yeah, so Frankie Muniz actually owned that car. Very cool. Number six. There we go. Sorry, I'm bad at these numbers. You're so terrible at this. Um, both Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster were cast even though neither of them had a valid driver's license. Jordana had to complete driver's education and pass the test in one take for her part in the movie for insurance purposes. So those are our fun facts. You got anyone you want to add, Bob? You know, any bonus facts for us? Bonus fact. Back when this movie was made, transfer trucks were taller. But not quite as tall as they were in the Chevy Chase Christmas movie. That's true. (laughs) Um, One thing I've always wondered... Can you like actually drive under the transfer trucks like you can in Too Fast Too Furious? Because every time I get beside one, I look and thinking, uh, I'm not fitting. I mean, <laughs> I've looked multiple times. 
Um, I've thought about driving under a tractor once. Yeah, don't do that. Whenever I had my Civic that was slammed to the ground, it was one of those giant tractors. People that are listening, you know, that don't live in back road country like we do, there was one of these giant ones that was more than the width of my car. And I'm pretty sure since my car was so lowered, I could have drove straight underneath that thing. I contemplated it, but I was like, if he turns, like, I'm all sorts of problems here. Uh, But no, transfer truck, they actually did have to do a lot of modification to fit the Honda Civic underneath it. Uh, But... I do know that it is possible depending on the truck and the car because uh, at the truck stop, you know, it's more popular now up in Kinley, but there was uh, Blue Beacon, the car wash that or truck wash that a lot of friends worked at during our high school age. My friend Marvin Molina had a Honda Accord that was slammed to the ground and there was a truck one day blocking his way. And so he looked at it and he drove his Accord underneath the tractor trailer. Like it wasn't moving, but it was blocking him from getting back to work. So he drove underneath it and cleared it with no problem. But then his manager yelled at him and said, never do that uh, again. Yeah. But, Come on, man. I don't know. That's pretty uh, cool to me. Like, I would be like, that's cool. Get a picture of this. Yeah. We have tractor trailers at work. I was doing some pictures of my car at work. I tried to, like, pull it to see, like, how close. And I got my hood underneath it. But I had no chance of getting underneath one of the trailers. <laughs> Willie! What? Willie! SWAT came into my house disrespected my whole family because somebody knocked me out. And you know what? It was you! And everyone else from social media. So <laughs> let's hear about, uh, we had a lot of activity on social media the past couple of days. Let's hear from our social media shout-outs. I've got one from Twitter once uh, we're done with Facebook and Instagram. All right. So. Instagram, we had a bunch of likes, but not as many as the comments. You guys went crazy on the Facebook, though, so let me get there. Well, here, while you're doing that, Ashby, Mm -hmm. uh, who will be co-hosting in two weeks with us, um, she says, this movie franchise is an excellent example of representation, and they were early to the game. I mean, consider that Paul Walker's character is is the minority in an ensemble cast in a major blockbuster film in 2001. Excellent note, Ashby. Um, Aaron Casey said, man, this movie opened up a lot of doors to the tuner community in our area. I made a lot of lifelong friends through these car meetup and parking lot hangouts. Such great memories with great friends. Um, I just want to add a little bit to that. I met Aaron in the first car club I was in. I remember going to that first Golden Crowd meeting, and I remember Aaron kind of standing up and saying, guys, whenever we're out in public and you see each other, stick your hand out the window and wave at each other. Don't be jerks. (laughs) He's like, if we're a part of this community together and car club together, we should be friendly with each other. So if you see each other, wave at each other. Uh, so I, that always comes back to heart, man. I know that could sound cheesy to some people, but for me, that's something that always sticks out in my mind. That, like I love this, and you know, that it was a part of that. Um, and the same way that we were watching Fast and Furious the other day, and Erica was talking about, I don't remember if it was Tokyo Drift or which one was that. We're all just hanging out in a big parking lot, and she's like, "Man, that'd be cool if they could still do that or whatever." And I was like, "Well, that's what we used to do. Like every weekend, mm-hmm. we'd be out there like Goodies or Belts parking lot, just hanging out. We had a relationship with the cops where if we didn't trash the place, we were okay to be there." Um, and then same way when Bob came on that car club, every Tuesday night was Mucho Mexico night. So we would always go eat at Mucho Mexico. The whole car club, whoever could show up out of it, you know, extra friends or whatever. That's where Taco Tuesday started. Yeah, Yeah. for us, it was a to-go-to thing every week. They had a big table waiting for 20 of us to show up every Tuesday. And so I always hated the thing like when we stopped, like how disappointed they were, like with their giant table. They're just did, waiting. Did they one day make the table and we didn't show up? I'm thinking it did because we went all the time and then we just kind of stopped. But well, to be fair, everyone kind of stopped going. That's true. Mexico. I mean, because then La Casina opened and then San Marcos opened. So mm-hmm. I mean, 
It happens. True. Yeah. But we would do that, and then we'd go back to Brandon's, that pro tent. He worked at a tent shop, and so we'd all hang out there and play random things like volleyball in the parking lot. Ripstick. Roller yeah. skating. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Joseph Raymaker said they never should have made a sequel. <laughs> Which he was the one I disagree. He was the one yeah. strong opinion about. I it, disagree. But, I love the sequel, but I can get that. It was cool reading some of these, and I'll, I'll get to that. Um, uh, Buddy Saul says that was probably my favorite of the series to act in. J.K. Ha, ha man, I thought I was Brian O'Connor after watching that movie. Nice. He put a picture in of him from that time period where he looks honestly a lot like Brian O'Connor, right? And has a three hundred ZX where he's posing in front of. Um, Travis Enzyme, who was a part of our car club back in the day, says, Love this movie. I remember going to watch it in the movie theaters and not being able to sit down because all of the seats were full. Me and Matt Starling and his brother Chris Enzyme and a bunch of friends went and watched it. Great times. The parking lot was full of people doing burnouts afterwards. Nice. That's a continued thing. Yes. Um, and I mentioned to him in a comment back because, like I said, I didn't know about cars. But his brother had worked on Hondas and everything for the longest time before this because his brother's older. So I can imagine it's such a different experience going to a movie theater and seeing part of what you've been living already. Um, ben Dees uh, said, awesome movie, never cared for graphics all over the car, but still enjoyed seeing the passion that went into building each of them. Uh, but one thought was I always, thought, uh, always had was what made everyone think that first drag race was going to be close with the four cars that were in that race. Right. Um, <laughs> with the RX-7 also being faster. Uh, um, Nos, Kyle, and Nos. Ben. Yes. I went to college with Ben. I'm glad that he commented on yeah. this. Ben cool. used to be in car clubs. He wasn't in the car club with us. Yeah. Um, Bob, if you'll hit that button one more time. Yeah, Ben um, was originally a phys ed major. Uh, I think he taught for a couple of years, and then he, um, I don't know what he's doing now, but uh, he was a good guy. I, I enjoyed Ben. I know he had like a 240Z that his dad and him had built, or it had like a Mustang motor in it with nitrous. Also, it was, no, it was supercharged. Um, I think he may still have it. I don't know. He had multiple cars, though, between him and his dad. Uh, but Brandon Douglas, another member that was oh. part of our car club from back then. Um, and funny thing for me is by the time that I met Brandon Douglas, he's years younger than us. And we were already a Volvo. We had a car club going. Brandon was 15, sending me messages on MySpace, being like, hey, where do you guys meet up at? Hey, where do you get your parts from? He literally had been working since he could get a job, save up. He bought an Eclipse. And then he had a garage where he just kept buying parts. So that by the term, time he turned 16, he already had a modified car. But that's what he lived for. He loved working. He ended up working in a speaker shop and everything else. He's an engineer now. Um, but meeting a 15-year-old that worked that hard to work on his car, it was just an amazing thing for me. Um, he said one of the technical advisors, Craig Lieberman, which we talked about, says has his own YouTube channel, makes videos for each of the main cars. He goes over where they came from, actual part list, how they got the sound stunts. It's pretty cool. And actually is uh, Robert Nillis. That's or Niles, Nils? Nellis? Nellis, yeah. I've heard it both ways. He yep. was in the car club was too, and I called him multiple things until he finally said it one day and realized I was been saying it wrong the whole time. Um, he mentioned that he loved um, Craig Lieberman's YouTube channel, have watched whatever other video. He said a lot of stuff that I didn't know about beforehand that he talks about. Adam Sutton also grew up, was in, uh, his family was in the cars all this time. His dad had 69 Camaro. His family, they raced go karts. They were the family that raced, you know, had Hot Wheels and stuff more so than action figures. Um, for him, he said how cheesy it was. Uh, I still love to watch it, though. I watched it Monday. Laugh out loud. Vicente Rodriguez was part of a car club I was, or at least around when I was with one, too. Says, I love how it all started. It reminds me off of my Honda Accord. Boy, I used to think I was fast shifting through those automatic gears. So that little <laughs> F-22 engine did well. Uh, I remember those sort of things. It didn't, and I responded. My Civic wasn't fast, but you thought it was when you were driving out in the country on them, like, stick shift Flying through, I remember racing Brandon on the back road one day and just thinking, like, oh, man, my car is so fast, when really it was not. 
Funny thing is, Vicente now has a R35 GTR, so it's cool to see his passion continue yeah. as well. Um, Josh Lee, another member of our car club, says family. He evolved from the first one I was in into this one. I met him because of that um, and continued on to know him because of that. Uh, Josh Sutton, Adam's older brother, because I saw it for the first time at the Atlantic Beach Movie Theater. It wasn't my thing, but I was amazed at how many people it brought into the streetcar scene. Uh, like it better now because of the memories it brings. Josh is one of the guys I remember rolling up to a gas station one night, and Josh was there in his um, Z28 Camaro that was highly modified with another couple people and a, a Civic as well. And they were all just hanging out there because they had just been coming from some street race that they were a part of. And it's like, oh, wow, this is actually real. Like, it's not just something that, like, we dream up. Um, Brandon, instead of commenting, uh, he just posted pictures of his clips, which is about all he needed to say. Yeah. Um, Erica, my wife, said, we still work on cars like Dom and Letty Bay. Makes me miss Shattered Concepts crew and all the Mexican Fast and Furious movie dates we would go on. For me, it's about the memories and family and car culture. Paul Daltrey was part of the club of friends with um, Travis and his family. Said, miss it too. He posted a picture of his Civic. Brandon finally did comment and said, maybe one day in the future we can at least have a good hangout spot to go to. He also included a gif of Mr. Bean, so maybe he's hinting at something there. <laughs> uh, and then Mike, uh, I can't remember his last name, uh, posted and said, I wish I could get on to it. Too much to do with today. Mike used to host all of the a lot of the car shows that we would go to. Rolling Riders was an organization he ran uh, that we would go to all the time. And so... He played into a big part of it. The first car show I went to was one of his shows. So, I don't know. You don't see it as much now. You do still have car events. You have cars and coffee now, which honestly I prefer. Uh, I'm not, I don't care about trophies. I'd just rather go hang out with people. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that's all the social media that I had. I think Chris Rode also commented and said. He didn't really like these movies. He didn't really care for Fast and Furious. Yeah. Funny thing is, I remember this, like, Chris had a Camaro and hung out with us and watched these movies at Will's house. And I was just I want to like, say he saw the second one with me. I think he was there, yeah. you know, like in the group that we went to go see the Too Fast and Furious with at the house because we were lifeguarding at the time. Mm -hmm. So Too fast for Chris, I reckon. Apparently. All right, friends. We're done living life a quarter mile at a time. A big thank you to Ricky Lyles, our producer, and Bob Lee Swagger, Bobby Perry over here for joining us today. Glad you could join us um, for this discussion. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Next week, we are scheduled to discuss the first season of Survivor if Kyle will do his homework. Have you ever seen Survivor, Bob? I've never seen Survivor. You've had five months. I'm watching just a lot say, of YouTube. We'll just say You're going to have to have a favorite episode, favorite castaway, favorite whatever. I mean, just like we do for all TV shows. That, you know, I had to watch a goofy movie. I had to watch Jeez. The Heavyweights. A goofy movie? He's getting aggressive over Yeah, there. I had to watch all the stuff you That's wanted to watch. One. You're going to do this for me now. Uh, until next time, I owe you a 10-second podcast. Banging on this table with me. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow, and we will see you next week on the What the What Show. Bye! What the what? Woo!